are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. This is one of my favorite sermons tonight, and I trust you pray, and I believe that God will speak to you. I'm going to speak on a night to be remembered. Jesus and the Bible and the Holy Ghost never told us but to remember one night. He said, remember Lot's wife. She turned around. But in the Bible, you'll find only one time where it said there's a night to be remembered undeserved. And in just a moment, I'm going to speak about that because it talks about the blood. And I like that song, Behold the Lamb, the blood. Brother, when you miss the Lamb and you miss the blood, you'll not go to heaven. You've got to go by the way of the cross if you're going to the city of God. And without the shedding of blood, there is no mission. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I want you to look with me, please, in Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to read several little verses. And uh, I want you to stand with me, please, for the reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Chapter 12, verse 1 said, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Now let me say something about Egypt. Egypt's mentioned over 700 times in the Bible. Egypt's mentioned more than Palestine or Canaan or any nation under the sun. Egypt. And he said they were down in Egypt. Now notice what the Bible says in verse 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of this year uh, to you. Speak ye to all the congregation. That'll do away with those who say that Jesus just died for a little select few. He said, tell them all of them get in. I'm glad all of them can get in. Bless God if a man will come and repent and believe the gospel, he can get in. He said, tell all the congregation. All right, look with me as I read. Uh, this was saying, in the tenth day of this month shall they take to them every man a lamb. Now look at that because the further we get down, he talks about different lambs. A lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, see, it's not a lamb now, it's the lamb. The lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make uh, your count for the the lamb. Now verse 5 changes it. And he said, your lamb. See, it's got to get down to business with you, bless God. Your lamb. And he said, your lamb. I like that. Shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two posts, side, do- a side post of the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire, unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs sh- uh, they shall eat it. And then, if you will, look down at verse 12. And I'll read verse 12, 13, verse 29, and then verse 42, and bring you the message. Verse 12, 13 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now you need to know that. Who's the Lord? He's the Lord. He said, I am the Lord. I like that. Look at verse 13. And the blood shall be unto you a token. 
token upon the houses where ye are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Look at verse 29. It's across the page there. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. Look at verse 42 with me, please. And the Bible said, It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord. For the bringing them out of the land of Egypt. Now notice, this is my text, the rest of it. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their congregations. He said, this is that night. Don't you forget it. You're to observe it. And when you observe something, you remember it. When you have a holiday, you remember it. And in a moment, I'm going to speak to you on a night to be remembered. But I want you to be seated, beloved, bow your head for just a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Every blessing we've already enjoyed. We're glad for the good singing. Thank you for this good church. Thank you tonight, Lord, for everyone that's come. Now, Lord, I thank you for this good pastor. Thank you for Brother Jack and his love for thee and his love for the people. And then, our Father, I thank you tonight for the Gethsemanes and for everyone that's made their way out to the house of God. I pray as we come to preach now, Lord, Lord, that you'll speak to our hearts. May they not see a preacher, but may they see the Lord. And may we remember that night. Oh, what a night it was when all of those people were released from their sins. And the blood was that token on the doorpost. I pray tonight, Father, you'll speak to our hearts in the preaching of the Word of God. And all that you do, all that you do, we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want to speak on a night to be remembered. I'm sure that those Jews that night, as long as they live, could tell their children. In fact, the Bible said, tell your children to tell their children about that night that God delivered us out of Egypt. Said, don't forget, get those little kids up. Call them around you and tell them about the Passover. Now, the word Passover is only found ten times. In the Word of God, the last time the word Passover is found. It's found in 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. And it says that He is our Passover. Now that's a blessing, isn't it? When you talk about the Passover, the Lord Jesus is your Passover. And thank God, He's my Passover. But what a blessing it is to come. And God said, Moses, you and Aaron, you hear me? I want you to go to the congregation and I want you to tell them to listen that I have some blueprints and I have something for a special night. And when that night comes, you'll remember it all the days of Israel. Thank God it's a night to be remembered. Now before I give the message, let me tell you about the blood. I want to speak just a few moments about all oh, the precious blood of Jesus. I want to tell you not the blood of goats and sheep or some cattle or a turtle dove, but all oh, the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know that the heart of the Bible is the blood. Somebody said if you take the Bible and cut its stain, blood would run out. It's a bloody book, thank God. And when men try to take out the blood, when men try to bypass the blood, they're going to get in trouble because what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
There's nothing that can do. There's nothing that can cleanse what the blood can do. Now let me show you real quickly. The Bible can be divided in six parts. Three in the Old Testament and three in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Bible's divided into three parts. You have the law, you have the writings, and then you have the prophets. Let's see the heart of these three great divisions. The heart of the law is Leviticus 16, where it says in once a year, that old priest went into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. I'm glad once a year he offered a sacrifice for the sins of Israel. And so the heart, beloved of the law, is Leviticus 16. The heart of the writings is Psalm 22. It's that great crucifixion song where Jesus looked back and said, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You can actually hear the dripping of the blood. The heart of the prophets is Isaiah 53, where Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. I'm glad for the blood. But when you come to the New Testament, it's divided into three parts. Many divided into five, but I've divided into three. First, you have the Gospels. You know what the heart of the Gospels is? You know what the heart is? It's over in John chapter 3 and verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Hallelujah. And then you come to the epistles. Do you know what the heart of the epistles? You, you know where you find the heart of the epistles? You find it in First Peter 1.18. For it says, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And then you come to the last book, the book of the Revelation, the unveiling of time and eternity. And you know the heart of that book? It's found in chapter 1 and verse 5, the latter part, under Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And when a man tells me that the blood's not important, Mr. the heart of this book is bloody. And thank God for the precious blood. Aren't you glad you've been to Calvary? Aren't you glad, thank God, you know the power that you have in the blood. But if you'll take, and I'll not open mine, I want you to jot down five things about that night to be remembered. First of all, it was a night of divine instruction. Did you know that God said, I want to give you some divine instruction? Now watch what he said. He said, Aaron, you and Moses, come up here. And you go back and tell the people, all of them, tell the rich and tell the poor, tell the educated, the uneducated. Praise God, this message is for everybody. Because I'm going to get you out of Egypt. And I want to tell you something. I'm glad that he cut me out and delivered me out. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad God saved you? Aren't you glad God redeemed you? He paid the price for you by the blood of the Lamb. Now you see, preacher, what did they do? They went back and said, all the people come. And 
David said, come up close. We want to give you three things about God's divine instruction. You want to write them down? First was the timing. Somebody said, well, I don't have to do it when God says do it. Mister, you better do what God says in God's time. Brother, I believe God gives a time for a nation to seek Him. I believe God gives a time for revival. And when people stick up their noses and pay no attention to God's timepiece, they're in trouble, you say, preacher. What kind of a timetable did God have? He said, first of all, it'll be on the first month. Not the second month, but the first month. said, Moses, you tell them not to argue, but to tell them to come on the first month. And then he said on that first month on the tenth day. Not the eleventh day, but the tenth day. He said, take a lamb on the tenth day and keep him up to the fourteenth day. And on that fourteenth night, you're to slay the lamb. Brother, it was divinely instructed. The timing had to be right. Secondly, but on the timing, but the type. You say, what type was to die? It had to be twofold. It had to be a male. I'm sorry for you, ERA, but bless God, it had to be a male. Say amen. And the Bible said it had to be less than a year old. It couldn't be some old goat or some old lamb, some old ram he couldn't get around. God wanted the best. He said, it's got to be the type. It's got to be one year old or younger. And the third thing he said about that type, he said it can't have a scab on it. And it can't have a blemish on it. It's got to be without blemish. It's got to be without a spot. I'm glad when Jesus died. Hallelujah. He didn't have a spot on him. Thank God. He didn't have a wrinkle on him. And what a blessing. Not only the type. But I want you to know it's the third thing. He said, are we going to have a token? And they said, what is the token? Moses said, get you a piece of hyssop. Now let me tell you something. Hyssop is the most common weed in Egypt. And Peter said, get a rose. Did you know they tell me I don't buy roses now? They cost too much. Amen. Some of you buy roses for your wife. But you know what? Did you know it costs $2 a piece, they tell me. But if you can go to Egypt and the poorest man could find hyssop. And he was to go get that hyssop bush and take it and get it down in the blood, the basin of the blood. And he was to come to the front porch and walk up to that house and stand before the door. Let me stop on to say this. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enters, he shall be saved. You say, what? was the token. He was to sprinkle blood here and here and here and in the middle. So it made a cross. And on that door was an old wrecked cross. And when the death angel came by, he couldn't come through the cross. He couldn't come through the blood. Death couldn't enter into the house. You say, why? Because there's power in the blood. And when the blood was on the lintel of that doorpost, mister, they couldn't come in. Death these demons said we can't get in that house. I'm glad several years ago, by faith, I put the cross on my heart through the blood. And thank God, what a blessing that is. I heard of a little girl once, and she loved her mother dearly. And she'd go after her mother, 
And she'll say, Mother, you've got the most beautiful face I've ever seen. And Mother, your hair is beautiful. But you wear those old rubber gloves. What's wrong, Mom? And the mother said, You're too young, doll. I'll tell you someday. And then time passed. The little girl got to be sick. And she came in and said, Mom, it's time you tell me the truth. You've got the prettiest face I've ever seen. Your hair's beautiful. But Mama, why do you wear those gloves? And the mother said, All right, I'll just show you. And she reached up with her teeth. And she pulled off one glove. And then she pulled off the other. And her hands were scarred and burned. And the little girl with a tear in her eyes said, Mama, you've got the prettiest face and the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. But you've got the ugliest hands. Put those old gloves back on. And the little girl got to thinking about it. She went out to play with her sand. A little bucket of sand. Then she ran back as quick as she could. Ran in and said, Mommy, why are those hands ugly? That mother said, Honey, when you was a little girl, just a little baby in the crib, I left the iron up over the crib. It fell off into your bed. I was in the kitchen cooking. I smelled the smell. I smelled the smell of fire and smoke. And I ran in. I jerked you out of the bed. Uh, before the fire got up to you, uh, then I went back and I took the burning covers, uh, wrapped them up in my hands, uh, so you wouldn't be burned up in the house. Uh, I ran out in the yard and threw them in the yard. Uh, and the little girl said, Mommy, take your gloves back off. Uh, and that mother reached up and she took one glove. Uh, and then she reached up and took the other glove off. Uh, the little girl said, Mommy, your face is pretty uh, and your hair's beautiful. Uh, but those are the prettiest hands I ever saw in my life. Anytime you one of these days, I'm going to see the hands that were nailed to the cross for me. One of these days, praise God. And the Bible said they had, they had this, this bitter... Now, listen to me. That's a type of the sweet communion that you have with the Lord. But there's a price to pay for that sweet communion. When they ate that bitter herb, it was like it was in John chapter 6. When Jesus said, you, you've eaten my bread, you've seen my miracles. Now Jesus said, except you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you cannot be my disciple. And the Bible said from that time on, many turned back and didn't want to pay the price of the bitter herb. Let me tell you something. They dined behind the blood. Oh, they got to eat. While the world was raging outside, God took care of them on the inside. And God's got a table for them. I'm glad tonight they were dining. Praise God behind the blood. And if you're behind the blood tonight, God's going to take care of any need you got. And praise God, God's going to spread that table and God's going to keep you. They told me when I first started preaching, said, if you preach like that, May Saxon, said, you know what's going to happen to you? And I said, what? They said, he sure says I've got in heaven. You'll starve to death. But they missed that one, honey. Say, amen. I want to tell you something. I'm having the best time. You, see, you should have seen what I ate tonight. I would have stick at your mouth if you saw what I ate. Say, amen. Oh, listen to me. Oh, you say, Boy, I'm glad you can commune with him. Not only were they behind the blood to time, but they had that communion, the sweet communion with him. And it's not always sweet. It's sometimes bitter. It's blood and it's flesh and it's hard. But oh, you can suck with him. I never did know what this verse meant in Revelation 3.20 until I thought about my old granddaddy. 
You know, my old granddaddy, he was an old-fashioned mountain fella. He didn't talk with a bunion on his tongue, and he didn't act like he's something he wasn't. But he drank coffee in the oddest way I've ever seen, and drank the wrong kind. Louisiana's. I see Penny over here, she said, no. Well, bless God, her tongue's black, and she drinks probably that kind, I'll tell you. But, but, but you know what he'd do? He, he didn't try to act fancy. He'd take that cup and pour it out in that saucer. and say, and one day I said, Granddaddy, what are you doing? He said, leave me alone, I'm sucking. And then one day after I got saved, I read where he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hear my voice and open up, I'll come in and you can get on one side of the dish and I'll get on the other. And we'll sup together and have a sup at the time. I praise the Lord. We'll come in and we'll enjoy the blessings together. It was a night to be remembered. Oh, you say, why? Because of divine. Instruction, and secondly, because of dining behind the blood. Number three, because of the deliverance and jubilation. Boy, they were delivered and they were happy. I've seen people look so sad after they get saved. Why, mind you, ought to be clapping your heels, clapping your hands, and saying, Bless God, I'm His and He's mine, and I'm saved so good as pitiful. Say, Amen. I want to tell you something, mister. It was a night of deliverance and it was a night of jubilation. Now, let me show you something. That dad said, Honey, we can go to bed now. We can go to bed. She said, are you sure you got the blood right? He said, I put it just like Moses said. I sprinkled it on both sides of that doorpost. That mother said, well, you know our firstborns in yonder. And death is hanging over Egypt. And let me stop long to say this. Death is hanging over every lost man. Condemnation is hanging over every lost man. And he, she said, are you sure? Are you certain? You got the blood on the door. He said, I know. There's an old rugged cross painted out there. Go to sleep, honey. And they went to sleep. But about uh, about one minute after, or 15 seconds after midnight, uh, they heard a cry in all Egypt like it never heard. And she said, honey, jump out of bed. Jump out of bed. You better go and see what's going on. You better go and see what's going on. And he said, well, just a minute. We got a firstborn. And Moses said, if we put the blood, he'd be delivered. She said, let's run in and see. They run into that room, and that firstborn was clapping his hands and saying, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I'm glad there was jubilation because of deliverance. And brother, when God saved me, there was deliverance, but there was jubilation. Thank God. Well, I was so happy tonight God saved me. I went to all in churches over on Hillsburg Street. Now, Brother Floyd knows where that is. And I went to all of them. I even went to one where they said, Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Louis. Say amen right there. Praise God, I went to all of them. But I couldn't find anything that satisfied me. But that night, I got down on my knees, and I said, I want to be delivered. I'm going to hell. I'm lost. I need Jesus. And I'm glad when I called upon him, you know what he did? He heard me. And thank God, you know what he did? He came and saved me. And I had a time. Boy, I jumped up and I was praising God, my roommate. 
he's done. He came running down. He said, Mays, are you ready to go to the dance? I said, no, I'm not doing it. He said, why? I said, I just got saved. Praise God. I found out when I got saved that a dancing foot and a praying knee didn't grow on the same leg. Amen. I found out, praise God, that there was a difference when I got saved. Boy, I went across out to Hillsborough Street, I shouted all over the place. And I got news for you, I'm still a shouting. You thought I'd quit after a while, didn't you? Praise God. I said to Brother John, I said, how many years ago did I help you here in Rome, Georgia? He said, at least 25 years ago. I helped Brother Grove 25 years ago in Rome. And I shouted in, and I'm still a shouting, Brother John. I'm still enjoying the blessings that God has blessed me with. But I went across that campus that night. I went up to a little old block that had up uh, Hillsbury Street. had a little, old, I guess you'd call it the coffee shop for the college. And they had a little old uh, barber shop there. And uh, they had a, a post office there. And everything. Like I went up there that night. I walked in. Boy, it's a drugstore. He said, hello, mate. I said, hello, how you doing? He said, how come you didn't go to the dance? I said, I got saved. He said, what? I said, I got saved. He looked at me and he said, what do you mean? I said, Jesus saved me. I got to crying. He got to crying. And oh, he's jerking some Coca-Colas back in those days. <laughs> Had to jerk them now. You know, they got the dispenser and all you do, put a lice and cut it on. It comes out mixed up. Back in those days, you put ice in it and put some syrup in it and put carbonated water in it. And he stirred it up. Y'all remember those. Y'all not that young. Say amen. Say, y'all, y'all don't remember that? Lord have mercy. But I said, and that boy had five cups in his hand. He said, what happened to you? And about that time, a fellow came in. He said, hey, Mays, what happened to you? I, I said, ask him. And he asked him. He said, he got saved. He said, oh, I'm about to drop all five of these books. I want to tell you, bless God, when you get saved, you're not ashamed of it. You'll tell somebody. And brother, you have jubilation. You'll not be ashamed of it. And the Holy Ghost said, go call your mama. I said, praise God. I said, they'll be shouting on the hills over there tonight. <laughs> I called and I said, I put the, you know, you had to put a, put a nickel in then. You got to put a quarter before they leave answer you. Now say amen. Back in that day, you just put a nickel. I slapped a nickel in there and I said, lady said, number please. And I said, praise God. <laughs> and she said, excuse me, can I help you? I said, if you'll ring Hendersonville 7195, you can help me. She said, just a moment. Rang over the ice cream. lady said, Hendersonville 7195. She said, just a moment. It rang once. It rang twice. It rang the third time. Mother picked up the phone and said, Hello! And I said, My bird! About that time, an operator said, Hey, do sense, please, before you do any talking. And I, she didn't know it, but I was a shout, and she didn't know what a shout was. But I got news for you that a lot of Baptists don't know what a shout is either. Brother, they know what it is. But you know what I. She said, well, I took that, it's just like a chicken eating corn. I put that money in there. And she said, go ahead. And I said, Mother, Mother said, are you sick? I said, no. I'm S-A-V-E-D-C. You know what she done? She hung up, but I heard a shout 180 miles. You say, Brother Mace, Brother, when God saved me, it's a night of deliverance and jubilation. And when that mother went in there, 
that day and saw that firstborn clap his hands. It was a night of deliverance. It was a night of jubilation. Now quickly, follow me number four, and I'll give you number five and we'll close. It was a night to be remembered because it was a night of despair and weeping for some. You see, one daddy said, hey, I don't believe in that blood religion. I don't believe I'll have to do that tonight. I've heard that preacher preach about that blood stuff all my life. I don't believe in the blood. I want to tell you something, Mr. Whether you believe in the blood or whether you don't believe in the blood, there's only one way, and that's the blood sprinkle away, and a man can get to heaven without the blood. You'll never get there without the blood. It was a night of despair, and we And about that time, midnight came. When midnight came, a cry came, and the mother said to her husband, You better get up and go see how the firstborn is. I wonder if that old preacher was right. And that man jumped out of bed, and she followed in there, and that little boy, that firstborn was lying in the floor. And he had already died. That mother jumped down upon her little boy and said, Honey, honey, we didn't believe it was true. It was a night of despair. And we... All over Egypt, the firstborn of the cattle, all over Egypt, the firstborn of every home that didn't have the blood. And you can come to this service and come to hear Brother Jack and go hear other preachers. But I want to tell you until you get under the blood, mister, you're not safe. You're to get the blood. You need to get on the blood. What's the way my saying? It's a night of despair and weeping. Let me give you this. Brother Floyd like this because they're singers. The man a hundred years ago was a doper. And he doped. And they called him Weeping William. And he'd go down in London, sit on the side of the slab with glassy eyes and cry. He'd walk by and say, Hey, Weeping William, how you doing? He'd say, No good. Give me a little something. To buy a little something to eat. They knew he'd buy liquor and dope. They said, no, we couldn't No! But one day a little Salvation Army band came playing by. And they're singing about the blood. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And that old preacher saw over there and walked over with his... And he said, young man, young man... He said, we're having a meeting down here where sinners are saved and where men can be reconciled to God. That old doper looked up and said, I don't know what you mean by being reconciled to God, mister. He said, you can have your sins forgiven. You can have the burden lifted. Oh, weeping William said, well, 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 if that's what it is, I need it. And he followed him down there. And for 14 times he went to the altar in that little mission. And then on the 14th time, he got up and he said to the man, I have believed that Jesus saves, that Jesus saves. I've been set free. I've been set free. I'll not weep anymore. I'll not be called weeping William anymore. He said, I've been saved. I've been saved. And he went home and for a year and a half, he read that Bible. He read about the Passover and the blood. Read about Calvary and the fountain. And then William Chopper, after a year and a half, oh, he tried to commit suicide as a drunk. He tried to kill himself as a doper. But now as a child of God, redeemed, delivered, he sat down in a year and a half after he saved and wrote this immortal hymn. There is a fountain filled with blood. Draw from Emmanuel's face and 
plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stain. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And may I, though vile as he, you say, who wrote that? William Cowper? The old extra, the ex-doper, the man that was a weeping man, found the fountain filled with blood. Thank God for that night when Moses said when he passes through, he'll be looking for the blood. Oh, thank God for that night when he passed by my house and said, I see the blood. I'll pass over you. What a blessing, but it was a night of despair and weeping for those that didn't have the blood on the doorpost. Now last but not least, it was a night when delay meant there was no more tomorrows. It was a night when delay, I don't care how clean they were, I don't care how resigned they were to start the next morning off with the firstborn to go to the congregation of Israel. I don't care. Those that said, we will delay this thing after midnight, we'll talk to you. But we don't believe that stuff about the blood. It was a night that delay meant to be no tomorrow. I remember over a little church called Deep Creek in Burlington. I heard old Hugh Lenars years ago get up and he said, I found a new song. I want to sing it and dedicate it to every one of you that came tonight that procrastinate. And some of them in the church, that little church, didn't know what he's talking about. But old Hubert, Hugh Lenars started singing, Someday there'll be no tomorrow. <laughs> Someday it'll be too late. Someday you're going to put it off one time too many. I want to say to you, mister, that divine night of instruction, that night, brother, a man that said no, had no tomorrow for his person. Because by tomorrow he's dead. By tomorrow there's no life in that body. By tomorrow he said no the last time. And delay that night meant that be no tomorrow. One of the great preachers, I'll tell you this in the close, but I'll keep you all night. Years ago was in Texas. I never did know him. I shook his hand one time. He scared me to death. Preachers used to scare you. They don't scare you no more. Well, when I was a kid, you know what we was afraid of at my house? Undertakers and preachers. Lord, if an undertaker came by, it scared us to death. But now kids don't think anything about it. I got an undertaker up here I go see. I, 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 well, he's one of my best friends. And, and he don't, he's not far from, from here. And he always wears dark glasses. And I don't blame him. If I was in that business, I wouldn't want to see too good anyway. Say amen. Amen. But I told him, I said, listen, Billy, I want to tell you something. And you know what he did? I'm going to tell you this, of course, before I get to that. He, he said, I was looking at a body. And I said, do you get used to being bombing? He said, yeah. But not a baby. He said, there's something about a baby. I never can get used to. And my wife came in. You know how she is. I said, Billy! If Billy's good, he said, pretty good. said, if it's as good when Mays dies, his funeral is free. And I said, praise God. I said, y'all quit shouting over my dying. I ain't dead. You'd say amen. She was hollering and shouting over me dying. I said, Billy. But I said, Billy, I want to tell you something. There's two things that man, that casket can do. He said, buddy, when I embalm them, they can't do it. I said, Billy, there's two things that dead man can do. Do you know there's two things that dead man can do? Number one, a dead man can hear the voice of God. 
Oh, the dead she'll hear his voice. I like that. My little old mother up here knows she's going to hear his voice one of these days. I said, I can scream over that dead man. And he can't hear me. But if Jesus leans over and says, Arise, he's coming out. Oh, the dead can hear his voice. I said, Billy, watch this, number two. I said, I said, he can't feel my touch. But if Jesus touches him, <laughs> well, he can feel the touch of Jesus. Every dead man that Jesus ever touched got up. Brother, oh, you hear me? You hear me? But delay meant to be no tomorrow. But I tell you about this preacher from Texas. He, he lived up in Mars Hill then. I never will forget him. Daddy said, you need to hear him. He's a great preacher. I didn't want to preacher. I walked up to a little boy. And he looked me straight in the face and said, you're going to be a preacher. And I said, that's what you think to myself. <laughs> I said, I'm for everything but a preacher. And after I got saved and God called me to preach, I said, God, I'm no preacher. I don't sound like a preacher. And I said, John, I'm no preacher. And I was skinny then. You can't believe it, but I was. Had more hair than Liberace. You can't believe that. But, 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 but you know what? I said, God, I can't preach. Every preacher I ever saw, Stanton bald headed. He said, go ahead, preach. I'll accommodate you and give you both. Say amen right there. And praise God. I want you to know. But boy, I never forgot what that old preacher told me. But daddy told me something about that preacher that made me feel good. He said, on Sunday morning, he gets up at 4.30. Tells his wife, Dr. Bothering, he don't want breakfast, he don't want a bite. And said at 11 o'clock, he comes in secretly to the church. And 3,000 people are there. And he preaches to them with love and compassion and with tears. And one night, or one morning, he was preaching. And he said, tomorrow I start a citywide campaign just over the border here from Texas, in Louisiana. He said, I... Won't be back. I want you to be praying for me. Till next Monday morning. But he said, I want you to really pray for me. And he preached on today. If you hear my voice hard enough, you And when he got through, he said, I want you to come to Jesus if he's talking to you now. And they started singing that big old choir. He looked back as a 14-year-old boy. He said, I've never done this in my life. But he said he jumped over the rail of that big old church rail. Ran back and said, young man, God said, today's the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. He said, that young boy reached over and took him by the hand and said, Doc, not today, maybe tomorrow. And Truett looked him in the face and said, son, there may not be a tomorrow. Son, he said, I'm 14 years old, and if I need you, I'll call you. He said, I'm not ready to get saved now. Maybe tomorrow. And so it said, that's the way you feel about it. I'll be praying for you, son. Walked back up and finished the invitation. Got on the train and went to Texas, Arkansas, Arkansas. Started to meet Wednesday night. He called his wife and she was crying. He said, was prayer meeting off that bad? She said, no, that boy, that 14-year-old boy's in the hospital. His lips are all bursting open. And he's going to die, George. His mother wants you to come home. And Troy said, wait a minute, I'm going to pray. I'm here preaching to thousands of people. Souls are being saved. Should I leave all of them for one boy that told me Sunday morning that 
He'd call, oh, I don't know what to do. And he prayed. And then he said, tell that mother that I'll be in 5 o'clock Sunday morning on that fast train. And if that boy's still living, I'll go straight to the hospital. And so 5 o'clock that Monday morning, Miss Stewart said, hurry, George, he's about gone. His lips all broken out. And his fever, I don't know where he'll know you're not, George, hurry. George got in that little old T-model and he went across those cobblestones and went into that hospital and ran in. And he took off his hat and he walked over it. And he said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> Jesus loves you! And Jesus died for you, son. This is the preacher. I got back. I got back. I got back. And there was no response. And he said, son, let me explain it to you this way. You told me not now, maybe tomorrow, last Sunday morning. Son, listen to me. Listen to me. You've got to listen to me now. Will you tell me that you'll take Jesus the best you can? It'd make me feel better. Tell me that you'll take Jesus. And the boy didn't open his lips. And Truett said, I'll put my ear down on your, down on your lips. Just whisper that you will the best you can. And Truett said, I'll put my ear down there. So I couldn't hold my ear down there. He said, I will, son, tell me. He said he heard a faint voice say, Not today. Maybe tomorrow. So it said, I shook him. He said, Honey, it ain't going to be no tomorrow. Honey, delay means there's no tomorrow. He said he put his little ear back down on those hot lips. And he said, As I straightened up, I could hear him say, Not today. Maybe tomorrow. But he said he died. About three hours later. Said Wednesday I had his funeral, the little chapel back to church. Oh Mother Webb and his sister cried. And I could hear that boy say, What today? Maybe tomorrow. Did you know, my friend, that was a night to be remembered because delay meant there'd be no tomorrow. There'd be no tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.